want to think about questions this morning. From, from the time we first learned to talk, one of the first things we learned to talk about is to ask questions. If you've ever spent much time with a very small child, they are full of questions. Are we going somewhere? Where are we going? When are we going to get there? What are we going to do when we get there? Why are we going there? Can I go potty? <laughs> Actually, that one's not usually a question. That one is a declaration. <laughs> I need to go potty. We traveled all the way to Virginia, most of the way with our grandchildren with us. And we heard that phrase quite a bit. We also heard lots and lots of questions. You might not know this about me, but when I was in elementary school, I was pretty shy and quiet. I know, it does. <laughs> I got over it, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, but I was very quiet, and, and I would seldom ask a question in class. I was just one of those kids, I just wouldn't do that, because I didn't want to call attention to myself. And I had a teacher very early on that said, Roger, you need to ask questions, because if you don't ask questions, you won't learn. And I found that to be very true in life. Much of what I have learned, I have learned because I ask questions. Questions are also a good way to teach. And it was a favorite teaching method of our Lord. If you, if you read his teaching in the Bible, quite often he begins with a question. And that's the case in the scripture we're doing this morning. Jesus actually uses two questions in order to convey the truth he wants to teach his disciples. So I'm going to start in Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. Whenever I read a story in scripture like that, I try to imagine the setting in which it took place. And here's where my imagination takes me with this story. I imagine that it's at the end of a long day of Jesus' ministry. He's been teaching, he's been healing, he's been engaging the crowds that often surrounded him. And now that the day is over, they are out under a beautiful starry sky. They often camped out as they traveled, sitting around a fire, resting from a hard day's ministry. I imagine Peter leaning against a log over here, carving a piece of wood into a fish as he thought about his days before he knew Jesus when he was a fisherman. I imagine John over here leaning against a tree, playing a song on his harmonica. Now, I don't really know if they had harmonicas in those days, but whatever the Jewish form of a harmonica would have been, that's what he was playing. 
I imagine James over here around the fire uh, telling a story, bragging about how when he was a child, he was the fastest kid in his village. To which Thomas would have replied, I doubt it. Yeah, there you go. I wanted to see if you were tracking, tracking with me here. Yeah, Thomas would have said, oh, I doubt that. <laughs> uh, you know, just oh, each one just relaxing in their own way around the fire and Jesus just sitting there watching them. And then, then he got their attention with a question. He said, hey, fellas, what do the people say about me? Who do they think I am? Well, they thought a moment. And then one of them said, you know, some people think you're John the Baptist come back to life. Someone else piped up, oh, they think you're Elijah. Remember the scripture said Elijah would come back before the Messiah. Someone else said, hey, I, they think you're Jeremiah and, and, or Isaiah. Or they just began to name off one of the great prophets. All good answers, and they must have felt pretty good uh, about the way they answered the question. After all, these were all great men of the faith. These were all men of integrity and influence. These were all people uh, that any father would be glad to have his son grow up to be. Well, except for maybe John the Baptist. Uh, he dressed funny and ate weird food. Uh, so that, that you, may not, well, you may not want that, but... Uh, But you know, they knew that Jesus really didn't care about public opinion. And so they had a feeling that there was more to come. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't just ask what do people think about him. What if he asked that today? What if Jesus were here with me this morning? And he were to ask us that same question. What do the people say about me? How would we answer that? Well, I, all I know are the, the kinds of things I hear people say about Jesus or I read about Jesus. He still is held in high regard. Do you know that Jesus, the name Jesus is the most recognized name on the planet? Every month, there are an average of 25 million Google searches of Jesus Christ. There seems to be an awful lot of interest in someone who died 2,000 years ago. And the book that his teachings are in, it's the most published book on the planet. It's estimated there are now more than one billion Bibles in print. There's only seven billion people. So that means there is one Bible for every seven people. You think we might know more about this, wouldn't you? But I think if, if I were to have to answer that question today, if Jesus asked, what do the people say about me? I said, well, people think you were a wise teacher. People think you were a great humanitarian. People think that you were a martyr who made the ultimate sacrifice to die for what you believed in. 
All good answers. He was those things. But then, as now, these answers all fall short of truly identifying who Jesus is. And that's why Jesus came in with the second question. I can imagine him looking each and every one of his disciples in the eye to make sure he had their attention before he asked the second question. But what about you? Who do you say I am? See, he took a general question about public opinion and turned it into a very personal one. He no longer wants to know, what does everybody else in the world think about me? All I want to know is what you think about me. And this is important because if you go back in the context of this passage, if you go back into the earlier parts of chapter 16, Jesus had been dealing with the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and they had been, you know, uh, demanding a sign. You know, you got to prove to us. You, they claim you're the Messiah. They claim you're the Son of God. You got to prove that. Give us a sign. Of course, he'd been healing people left and right. He'd even raised the dead. <laughs> he taught with the authority of God, but they wanted a sign. And Jesus had warned his disciples. He said, you've got to watch out for these guys. They talk a good game, but they don't live it. Their lives do not honor the God that they proclaim to worship. Beware of their teaching. Especially because they wanted to discredit Jesus and they wanted to deny his identity. And so in light of that, Jesus looks at his disciples and says, who am I? Who am I really? The first time, everybody kind of spoke up and took turns sharing their answers. This time, I can imagine there was a silence, a period of silence. Until Simon Peter. And it's no surprise that Simon's the one who would answer. He always spoke up or acted up first. Simon spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are who you say you are. You are who the scriptures claim you to be. You're not only the Christ, which is the fulfillment of all the ancient Jewish prophecies of the coming of a Messiah, but you are the very Son of God. You are a man, but you are more than a man. You are God. See, all of that is, is packed into that simple statement. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's the most powerful declaration of faith that has ever been made. And that's why down through the ages, it has become the standard for what we do as a church. It's, it's upon that statement that we exist. If you were to read on in the scripture, Jesus tells Peter that upon this rock I will build my church. 
And it's the rock of that confession of faith, that belief in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that's why every week when we do our invitation, if someone walks down this aisle and says to me, Pastor, I want to receive Christ in my life. I want to be a Christian. I don't stand here and think, I wonder what I should have them say. I wonder what I should have them do. No, we look to the scripture. We go to Matthew 16, 16. And I ask them to repeat after me this statement. That I believe... Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept Him as my Lord and Savior. Those words don't come from me. They don't come from a church body who sat around and said, what should we ask people to say? They come from the pages of Scripture. They come from the declaration of faith that the Apostle Peter made and that Christ then commended. Did you catch those words after he said it? He said, Peter, no man has revealed that to you. It wasn't that they sat around. When Jesus asked the question, who do they say that I am? The disciples didn't say, give us a minute. Come here, guys. Come on. Come on. Who is he? What are we going to say? What are we going to say? Who is it? We've got to give him an answer to the question. Well, we've already said some pretty big names. I know, but, but he wants more. What are we going to say? Let's say he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Okay, good answer. They didn't do that. It wasn't man's thoughts. He said, no, Simon, son of Jonah, these thoughts were not revealed to you by man, but by our Father in heaven. They are revelation. They are a revealing of truth to the mind and the heart of Peter. Now, I don't know. It would be interesting to know up to that point what they really thought about Jesus. I have to believe that their understanding of Jesus was a gradual thing. You know, the moment Jesus said, drop your fishing nets and come follow me, they didn't go, absolutely, because you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm not sure they were there yet. I think it was a gradual, as they walked with Jesus, as they learned from Jesus, as they witnessed Jesus' miracles and his life, they'd been with him about two years now. I think God revealed to them this truth as they sat around that fire that night and Jesus asked that question. It's like the switch was thrown, the light came on, and Peter said, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I know exactly who he is. And no one else needed to answer because once the truth is revealed, you don't need to keep asking the question. I made that confession of faith when I was 11 years old. Did I fully understand it? Did I know the impact that that statement would have upon the rest of my life? At No, I didn't. I knew about Jesus. I knew enough about Jesus to understand that he loved me and that he died for my sins and that I wanted to be forgiven of those sins. And if I wanted to be with him forever, I needed to accept him as my savior. And that was enough for me to make that decision, to make that confession, to be baptized in his name. But it's taken me another 49 years and I'm not there yet to fully understand the implication of what it means that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
I won't fully understand that till I get to heaven and I see him face to face. But it's the ultimate question that leads to a life-changing answer. There is no question you will ever answer in your life that will change your life more than who do you say that Jesus is. It was true then, it's still true today. Because someday, I'm going to be done with this world, and I'm going to have to stand before God. And when I stand before God, I used to think there was going to be a final exam. You know, that we always talk about Peter at the Golden Gate. That Peter was going to be there with a clipboard, <laughs> with a sheet of paper of questions. What's your name? Roger Gardner. Did you go to church? Yes. Did you read the Bible? Yes. Did you pray? Yes. Did you help people? Sometimes. <laughs> Did you live a good life? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> you know, just question after question after question. And then he'd kind of look at that and say, well, you know, overall, I guess, yeah, okay, open the gate. <laughs> I, I know that's not true now. We don't need a clipboard because there's only one question. And the question is this. Who do you say Jesus is? How did you answer that question, and how did you live your life based upon that answer? Because when it's all been said, and it's all been done, all that matters is what did you do with the Son? Faith, show the video, please. for hours about his coming but the louder that I speak I just grow deaf against his call and I could pray for years I could bind my ills and my fears and even believe I have the answer to it all but when it's all been said and when it's all been done he'll ask me did you go my way, child? Did you know my son? When it's all been said And when it's all been done He'll ask me Did you find your way within my son? Well, I could sing his praise I could tithe my life away To build a church That stands much taller than the rest I could speak a language that only few could understand Or write a book that tells the world my way is the best But when it's all been said and when it's all been done He'll ask me, did you go my way, child? Did you know my son? And when it's all been said and when it's all been done He'll ask me did you find your way within my son? And when the time arrives to leave behind our earthly lives and 
go before the God that calls our souls to be. When you answer, Lord, I knew you well. I walked your way. I lived a life that caused another man to see. You can spend your time turning your tricks for all mankind And you can base your life on meaningless reward But a wiser man is he who knows himself eternally And sees his value not in life but in his love when it's all been done and I speak, did you go my way, child? Did you know my son? And when it's all been said, and when it's all been done and I speak, did you find your way within my son? If you're here this morning and you have not answered that question, who is Jesus? It's time to do that. I'm going to invite you to come to answer this time of invitation. You know what I'm going to ask you to do when you get up here? I'm going to ask you to make the good confession. To echo the words of Peter that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And allow those words to impact your life for the rest of eternity. It would be my joy, my privilege to receive you and share with you in opening your heart to Jesus. As we stand together, we're going to sing number 443, verses 1 and 3.